You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to uh, the first edition of Burley Church Online. And uh, look, these are strange times. Here I am doing church in the, the back room at the church. And uh, look, we completely understand that this is isolating, that this isn't the same as tangible uh, community. Uh, but we just, my, I guess our prayer and leadership's prayer here is, is that we continue to see ourselves as the church. I heard, heard a quote uh, this week from a, uh, a Church of Christ church in Victoria, Red Church, and a pastor there, Mark Say, is talking kind of like that this is the type of moments that the church has been practicing for. Um, we don't enjoy seasons like this, but these are extreme chances to show love, generosity, and be there for people. And so if you yourself are feeling that isolation, if you need connection, if, please reach out. You can call the church. Unless we get sick, we're going to be here at the church during the week. You can call us and have a chat. Please reach out to those that you may um, normally reach out to in the community. Give them a call. Uh, some of you will be watching this together in community and others, I'd encourage you. Uh, hopefully you've had some communion together. You've spent some time together, listened to some music together and even done that over the phone. Um, if you're in self-isolation or done it with family, however you see fit, please reach out and connect with us. My email is steve.gray at bcc.org.au and we also have the Facebook chat group that anyone's welcome into as well and we can be chatting and talking through what God is saying, what God is doing and what God is stirring. So yeah, we've been in a series in Ephesians um, and we're continuing on that. Uh, looking at, funny enough, looking at what it looks like to be the church as Paul explains that to us. And I can think back, and I've been part of church most of my life, or all my life, on and off. And um, I was thinking about this week, about growing up, what it was like to grow up in church. And um, kind of what I, how I viewed church in my early 20s. Uh, I saw Christian faith in my early 20s like a game you played. Uh, like a chess game, <laughs> like any type of game where you're trying to figure out the rules, that Christianity was just trying to figure out the rules of the game. And if I played the game right, uh, God would bless me and give me eternal life. And if I played it wrong, I'd burn in hell for all eternity and my church would be not happy with me. And so there's kind of this game. So obviously my questions about faith in my late teens to early 20s was, how do you play the game? Um, so it's questions like when I turned 18, I'd ask my leaders, my church leaders, how much can I drink though? Bible talks about the dangers of getting drunk and where that leads. Um, this verse that we're going to look at talks about that, but I go, how much can you drink? Um, or if when I got a girlfriend, I'd be asking, yeah, but look, I know that uh, marriage is this thing that's uh, uh, you know, designed for, or sex is designed for marriage and there's good intentions, part of our design and all that, but I wouldn't be asking those questions. I'd be saying, I've got a girlfriend now. How far can we go? Where's the line before I break the game? Um, and um, if I could find somewhere in the line just to play the game, maybe cheat the game, then at least God would be okay. And so I was constantly asking these questions. How greedy can I be? Can I have like a healthy savings account, go on multiple holidays? How many houses can I own before I'm actually greedy? Um, how much can I, uh, how many Sunday gatherings can I not go to 
uh, before God forgets I'm part of the church? How do I play this game? What is the rules? It was like this line that I was trying to trick the system. Constant pursuit, not wanting to disappoint God or not wanting to disappoint my church. By the same system, I believed if I was extra good at the game, didn't swear, didn't drink at all, didn't have a girlfriend maybe, uh, that it was never tempted, then God would love me more. I'd go past go, I'd collect $200. I'd win the game. And it got even crazier because this, this way of thinking was only encouraged by my community and, and now only doing what they could. But we, so often as churches, we endorse this type of thinking. Um, if I was polite and neat and didn't have tats or didn't wear a hat in church, the church would be happy with me. They'd be kind. Uh, when I was a little ratty, when I came to church with thongs on from the beach in the morning, then I was frowned upon. I distinctly remember a church elder at a church I grew up in uh, would sit at the back of the night service to make sure that the, the teenagers who sat at the back, because that that's obviously the cool place to sit in church, wouldn't talk in church. And when we did, he'd look over and it was like his job was to make sure that we didn't talk in church, to play the game right. And of course, we ended up using church newses to pass notes so that the elder couldn't see us talk. We had to be careful that we played the game. This way of thinking was completely wrong. <laughs> and so many of my friends and my peers walked away from church all because of this game. Some still have never returned. In fact, I blame this fact as one of the causes across Australia that a lot of under 30s won't walk into churches anymore because the roof will cave in, because they're not good enough. Maybe they didn't understand the game, they weren't very good at it, or they didn't even see the purpose of it. If this is conflicting for some of you, I get it. I invite you not to be upset. I invite you not to, not let it bring up painful memories of your experience in churches that had this need to play the game mentality. Rather, let's let Paul's words here encourage you and let the spirit stir, even if we're not connecting in the same room this morning. And Paul wants some sort of response. As, as I said last week, Ephesians is about to get personal. We've been looking at the wider church, God's invention. And now he's starting to actually creep into our individual lives, the way we see church. Some of the things that we don't know we hold so tightly to but may have nothing to do with God's instruction in being the church. And so let's have a look here. Uh, Ephesians 5, 1 to 20. Um, I'll give you a moment. If you're at home, if you're there, pull that up. It'll come up on the screen as well. But Ephesians 5, we're going to be looking at 1 to 20. Let me read the first part. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Again, Paul talking to the church. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Paul is challenging the church on some behavior he's been hearing about. We'll just stop there. And he's outlining some of the things we find ourselves in 
that bring us undone, that creep into the church, that distract us or that stop us from being the church. Now, he could say, I want us to be something I wanted to stop here and and highlight. He could say, don't do this. It's bad. God won't love you. He could go straight in. He could choose to go straight into the the game mentality. He could say, stop, or you're going to go to hell. But the way Paul describes these things is extremely important. No, it's, 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 it's not don't do this and do this. He talks about it as if it's a direction. Turn around. Instead of gossip, instead of complaining, instead of sexual immorality, instead of playing the game, turn around. And he says, turn around and give thanksgiving. Have a heart of gratitude. Thank God for your new life. Thank God for today. Thank God for what's in front of you. It's not how far in the wrong direction are you allowed to go. It's not what is good and what is bad. He's saying they are the wrong questions. (laughs) It's not how to win the game. Paul is saying don't even play that game. Christians are called to something deeper. Christians are called to turn around. Don't do all that. Live a life in thanksgiving instead. Let me keep reading Ephesians 5, 1 to 20, starting at 8. For you were once in darkness. Here's Paul talking about the other direction, the other option we have. But now you are in light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit that stirs up, we've been talking about this the last few weeks. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it's said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Walk in light and love and the fruit will follow. Paul hammering this point. You spend your days just giving enough just sharing enough, just being joyful enough. You spend your days chasing God's approval, just towing the line, playing this game, just attending Sunday. But you forget that it's a whole different direction. That you turn around and walk. Don't even play the game. Walk fully exposed, fully open, the ugly and all, the brokenness and all, fully reborn and exposed by the light. Paul is asking us to walk a different way, to get rid of the games we play. Paul is super direct here, saying, wake up, or wake up, (laughs) saying, as he's trying to wake them up and say, you don't understand. Living a life always looking behind you, always worried about people, especially what broken Christians think. Living a life trying to please God, Living a life trying to figure out the rules of the game is like stumbling in the darkness. Making a mess of things constantly and feeling like you're not enough. He continues, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. 
telling us, you go follow this path, you play these games, this is where it leads. Instead, he says, other direction. Get rid of that game. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what you do, if you live your life in the darkness, again, Paul highlights, you're going to live your life playing the game. You're going to live your life trying to sort out the rules constantly. Choose your drug of choice. Alcohol will numb it. Drugs will numb it. Sex numbs it. Religion, doing things, numb it. If you make faith about the bells, the smells, the style, the comfort, you don't have to think about other things. You can continue playing that game, judging others. That numbs it, makes you feel better. Complaining, never being satisfied, distracts you from it. Anxiety, depression is your body trying to cope with it. Road trips, traveling, workaholics, abuse, domestic abuse, all products and fruit of trying to play this game, of trying to please God, of trying to, uh, I don't know, do the right thing constantly. Play the game that society's telling you, whether it's church or wider society. Trying to toe the line. Even our society, from our churches, even our friends and family, we all have these games. Here's the fact. The Pharisees were playing these games as well. They were trying to keep the Torah alive. They had their ways of games. They had their, you're not just allowed to rest on the Sabbath, you're not allowed to even eat or pick because it's counted as farming or work. They had made these extra rules and burdens and games for their society. And God came into that mess. He came into that. And it's as if he tipped the game on its head. Well, literally went into the temple and tipped some of the games on their heads. <laughs> it's as if he smashed the game to pieces. Saying, wake up! Instead of reaching for that direction, church. Instead of reaching for whatever you think you need. This is a call to reach for him and his spirit to turn around, tip the game over and walk towards him. Do you know repent means turn around or change your mind? Repent. That's an old schooly, timey, religious word, but it means exactly what we're talking about today. Repent. Allow Jesus, his spirit, to intervene in the brokenness. It's not a call to be perfect. It's a call to be imperfect but journeying with Jesus. He smashed the game to pieces when he came and he died and walked amongst us and paid for all the rules, paid for the whole game, won it, and said, now you get to turn around and just walk with me. So how do you know? Because this stuff runs pretty deep. This is where Paul is going. He's trying to cut deep. How do you know? if you're playing the game or you're not. Well, let me ask you this, and let me ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to stir within this. What fruit is your life producing? Now, I'm not asking you to be perfect, but what fruit is coming out of your life? In your life, are you becoming more anxious? Are you needing to obtain more things? Are you feeling trapped by people's approval? 
Are you needing comfort? Are you turning to your vices? The ones that Paul talks about, sexual morality, greed. Are you turning to that? Are you wanting constantly to never want to be challenged or be put off uh, when you meet people with passion and, and, and wanting people and not wanting to be around people with passion or people that encourage you to grow and change? Or is your life look somewhat free from that? Or more realistic, <laughs> working towards that freedom. <laughs> Someone who is free and reborn, but is walking slowly with Jesus. What fruit is your life producing? Let that sink in. Is it one of rules, playing a game, legalism, religiosity, even within society? Society is becoming more and more religious. Or is it walking away, knowing God's already won, and walking with him, turning around, repenting, living a life of thanksgiving, We're currently in a season, and I wrote this sermon before this really season came about. Um, or I started thinking about this sermon before this season came about, and I can't, it's actually quite amazing how it, this season we're in. We're seeing a world right now <laughs> forcibly breaking the game. Forcibly, some shelves are empty at shopping centers. Forcibly, people are anxiety. Forcibly, you didn't think the world and its machine and its, its, its idol of busyness could ever stop. All of a sudden, people are out of work. All of a sudden, people are being forced to slow down. All of a sudden, people are being forced to stay home. I've got stories after stories of people telling me, I'm sitting in, the, I'm sitting in our lounge room and my whole family's home. <laughs> it hasn't happened in months. Something's shifting. Something's changing. We're being forced... And what happens when people's game is challenged? Exactly what Paul says. We're seeing anger, frustration, people trying to control it, anxiety. People don't know where to turn. We have an opportunity. I'm not certainly saying the coronavirus is a good thing. It's, it's a horrible thing. But throughout the Bible, every time there is a broken moment, God can use it. And I think he wants to use this moment, church. He wants to use his Christians to show that they don't play that game. That they aren't a presence of anxiety. That they aren't all about fear. That somehow they've got a heart of thanksgiving, gratitude, generosity. Not in our own strength. My goodness, that would just be playing another harder game. But in the one that has already beaten it, and smashed it to bits. Jesus Christ, in his strength, in his love, in his generosity, we can be something different. We can walk in a different direction. So what does the Christian life look like for you? Here's some questions to ask in your group or over the phone or however you're doing community at the moment. Ask each other this. What does Christian life look like for you? Were, there, were you taught rules to a game? 
early on and since then you've been trapped trying to trying to play them, trying to win, trying to cheat. <laughs> Were you hurt by a leader of the game? Making you feel like you're not a good enough player that you don't really understand? Are you living as someone who's trapped by life, anxious, stress, running in that rat wheel, I guess? For me, I told you my story at the start, for me as a kid growing up, it actually took a messed up Christian kid leaning on an apartment in Canada, far away from the games of his youth, to realise some of it. And a lot of me was actually rubbish. The rules, the laws, the pressure, the anxiety, the hurt, the game didn't matter. And I was blessed in that moment with so many of my other peers walking away that God actually stirred in me. And he reminded me that he was not the rubbish people do. He was not even defined by the rubbish I do. That he actually wanted me to turn around and walk in a different way. And it actually began a journey and multiple moments of repentance, even still, and will continue on to not play the game. Let Jesus break the game. Let him break the strongholds. Do the deep work that we've been speaking about the last few weeks. Cut the weeds out. Dig up this anxiety, stopping you from fully turning around. I love this line. Psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, sing. Make music from your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. <laughs> I love that he uses three different ways to describe music, as if the age-old favourite style of music has been a thing for 2,000 years, because it has. I love this. He's basically saying, I don't care what you sing. <laughs> I don't care how you praise, just make it about Jesus. I don't care about the game. Just make sure it's worship, it's sacrifice, it's a posture towards Jesus. He doesn't care about the bells, the smells. He doesn't actually care if we're in the same room together or we're doing this online. The number one thing he cares about is are we heading towards Jesus and are we bringing people with us? There's an invitation to break the game this morning as Jesus did. So three questions that kind of come up. We just kind of explored them. Let me recap them. And I want you to turn to the people that are around you in your small table or over the phone or over coffee this week or however you're going to interact. What game are you stuck playing? Who are you trying to beat? What rules are you playing by? Number two, how can you turn from this? What do you need to repent from in order to live free of this game? And do you have a practice of thanksgiving or what we say here, gratitude and grace? Does your worship come from a place of thankfulness for what Jesus has done and what the Spirit is doing? Leave you with that this morning. Discuss, dig deep and let us know in the chat. Let us know however you can about what it looks like to live free of the game. Let me pray. Father God, I just uh, I do pray for us as a church and I pray for the things that attach themselves, our heart, even the human heart, even a secular <laughs> view is religious. We can't help itself but put up things that we think we need to play, we think we need to do, we think we need to please, whether it's God or society. Father, I pray you break those things in us as you did on the cross. 
and I pray we can walk in the light in a different direction to turn around and be free of that. And particularly in the season of fear and anxiety and stress, our whole world finds it in at the moment, Lord. Let us be a people of peace, generosity and hope. Fully powered by you. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.